Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, fitness for real people, with your host, Gabrielle Mazar. Gabrielle Mazar. On this episode, Gabrielle interviews James Lee of Lee Media. As his business was affected by COVID-19, he decided to use his skills to shed light on how other local small businesses have been affected. We discuss our stories from shutdown, which is also the title of his YouTube channel. And now here's your host, personal trainer and stretch therapist, Gabrielle Mazar. Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People. I'm your host, Gabby Mazar. And on today's episode, I have James Lee of Lee Media. The reason I have this gentleman on today is because he was also affected by our lovely pandemic, COVID-19, and I wanted to talk about it. So welcome, James. I, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, first of all, explain what you do. What is Lee Media and uh, how are you affected by this? Yeah, so I'm a producer is probably the easiest way to put it. You know, videographer, photographer, editor, um, and we're a production company. So uh, right now, it's just me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but rewind the clock two months ago, it was a little bit of a more vibrant operation. Uh, about 70% of our business was weddings and about 30% of our businesses. Uh, corporate commercial work, which is, you know, making small ads, documentary work for companies, uh, promotional materials, promotional photos, headshots, things like that. Um, so we had, you know, I had another full-time, whoa, hitting the mic here. I had another full-time employee, uh, but we also had about 10 contractors uh, who technically still kind of work with us because I'm sure that, you know, you have some contractors. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as you can imagine, uh, within five days, you know, pretty much all of the wedding work uh, in the season dried up. Uh, a lot of the shoots uh, got postponed and canceled, and so just kind of left us uh, left us hanging a little bit. Yeah, and you weren't shut down by the government. I mean, like obviously no. weddings and everything were, but you, your business yourself, was not. Right. So, in addition to that, media is considered essential uh, okay. when it comes to Arizona. So, technically, I could have been out doing whatever I wanted. Um, the problem is, you know, who there wanted to, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like how many people, you know, want to, like, if you're doing a testimonial for a windows and door company, right? Like how many people want to have a, a film crew come into their home, you know, during, during a pandemic and during a lot of uncertainty, right? So just a lot of cancellations there. And now what we're running into is that there are a lot of companies that are now starting to worry about the liability aspect of this thing, right? which is, which is crazy, uh, but you know that's 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 the thing that they're worrying about is now, you know, if someone gets sick uh, during an activity that your business, you know, uh, commissioned, you know, who is is there a responsible party? And that's that's something that people are figuring out. Yeah, I think my worry is not so much, you know, who's coming into my business; it's their family. So I, you know, right. obviously the dead can't talk. So if someone chooses to come into my business and get sick, yes, it was their choice and their responsibility, and their my responsibility to keep them safe, but their responsibility that they made that decision. But as a family member, now they can in turn come back and say, well, if you weren't open and allowing people in, that then yeah. 
Um, but how did you take care of that before all this? I mean, gyms and, you know, no matter how clean your gym is, right, like you're still an institution where people um, have skin exposed. There's bodily fluids all over the place. You know, people are exhaling, you know, with, uh, you know, mm-hmm. no, no, uh, mm-hmm. without holding back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so, like, how did you, was that ever something that became issues for gym owners prior to March you know, 2020? Or well, was that just something that was just a, a given? Like, if you go to a gym and you get sick. Well, you always sign a liability waiver. Um. But... With this, but the liability cover sickness because I think in most gyms liability waiver, in my experience, has been like injury, weights, strain, muscles, right, back, you know, things like with that kind of an intent. I think what we're going to start finding is that it is going to change. That we are going to start adding that to our liability waiver. That if you come in and get sick, it's not. Mm. It's your responsibility to wash your hands or. I mean, obviously, we're not going to wear masks forever, but, you know, you can't you right. just can't prevent everything. No, you can do as much as you can, but well, you, you can't prevent you, everything. You can prevent everything. You just don't, don't do leave it your bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. You stay in your bedroom. Then you go completely crazy. And that's probably not good either. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, totally off subject. But um, so you started um, obviously having a little bit more time on your hands and when you had more time you decided you were going to start interviewing and doing short documentaries of small businesses because you felt that they were not being heard yeah so it you know uh, like my personal journey through this i started very very scared very very freaked out about this virus very much you know because just i mean gee i mean i'm 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 33 Never before in my life had I ever heard of anything like this. I mean, when I was a teenager, we had, you know, SARS, but that was in China. That was over there, right? Sure, it, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> China has all sorts of weird diseases anyway, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Asia's crazy, yeah. you know? <laughs> um, you know, you know, we heard of Zika, you know, we heard, like, we heard about these things, but they were kind of like, you know, tornadoes and hurricanes. Like, if you lived in a certain spot, you did a couple things to prevent it, and a couple people died, but that was well, the cost of living there. I do believe that, what, just in 2010 it was, that 60,000 Americans died from H1N1? Yeah, right? I mean, we've so, had— I mean, we did have it. We have, but but never before with this much attention yeah. and gravitas, right? And Fear. And I was—so <laughs> so my story, when, when the announcement was made that it was a global pandemic, I was in Austin— and the hotel that I was at was also hosting all of the salespeople from Ferrari. So I had a bunch of Italians <laughs> in the hotel that I was sharing an elevator with. That's so, scary. Well, okay. it was like, you know, like, and I thought they were, yeah, I wasn't sure what country they were from. So the couple of the gentlemen were in the elevator with me going up and I was just, hey, what, where are you guys from? Italy. And I was like, ha! <laughs> I just held my breath the rest of the ride. I mean, I mean, like, sounds super xenophobic, right? But like, like I'd never heard global pandemic before. Yeah, like, that, that had never crossed. And on top of that, you know, I have to go through three airports to get home because I had another shoot in Dallas, and then you know, coming on the way home, and uh, uh, just totally terrified from this thing. And um, you know, the more that I've seen, you know, the reporting in the news, the more I'm you know, realizing that it's just a more complicated decision. It's, it's obnoxiously not scary and it's obnoxiously scary. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's why there's so much vitriol, but 
um, when I saw just how polarized, because the first two weeks, this thing felt very American, right? It felt very much like, you know, I, I don't remember doing anything for the first two weeks other than running interference with friends and family about how much toilet paper they had <laughs> and about whether or not you needed meat or food or if you had everything and are you okay and you know, is there anything I can do and, you know, people dropping off. I mean, we our neighborhood had an honor system kind of like, hey, I, have, I wasn't able to find water at Sam's Club or Costco. I wasn't mm-hmm. able to find this. And so we would like drop each other off packages, you know, on our home, like no contact or minimal contact. And I just re- remember feeling like this great sense of unity. And after those two, three weeks are over, now it became this whole polarizing thing where you either believed it was a hoax mm-hmm. or you thought that everyone going outside is going to die. <laughs> is is trying to kill your grandma, right? Yes. So everyone outside trying to make decisions and maneuver this thing, right, um, is an active murderer. And I just don't think that was the case, right? So I just saw that that really we were just in our homes looking at our phones and just getting more and more radicalized. So I thought to myself, like, no one's really talking about, like, the real implications of this thing. Sure. Good and bad. Um uh, and, and, and how these policies are affecting businesses. So I wanted to humanize things more. And the only way I know how to do that was to literally put faces, human faces and emotions and uh, frustrations, uh, you know, to this problem. Um, so I decided to start doing that May 1st because I decided to, you know, honor the stay-at-home order pretty much by the book until April 30th. And then May 1st, when it was extended, I decided that I would take my uh, media uh, uh, being an essential business privilege and go out and start um, telling these stories. Uh, and, uh, and it's been very interesting. Yeah. Um, well, you did interview me. Uh, so you will have a, my video. Yeah. Out soon. And what's funny is I'm sure you saw the irony is as soon as we were done interviewing you, they announced that gyms were open. Yes. <laughs> so, so it changed it changed the, the little bit of the direction that the editing uh, has taken, but it's still a really good interview and I can't wait to show it to you. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I first, like, my, I feel kind of similar to you. Like, at first I was like, okay, this can't possibly come here as crazy as it's saying, and everybody's going a little nutso. But I also am always kind of prepared for things. Like, I always have food in my refrigerator. Are you a prepper? I, oh, I'm not, a, not even close. But, like, I always have things. Like, I always have toilet paper, and I always have gas, and I always – so. When all of these Do you have people... gas tanks like outside of your No, okay, that's okay. no. <laughs> I, I'm just curious. That, that's a that's a real thing. No. But I just I like to be prepared. So when everybody was like hoarding toilet paper, I was like counting mine. I'm like, okay, I've got I have twenty four rolls here. I have twelve rolls at the oh, studio. It, like, okay. you know, I yeah. buy the big things at yeah. Costco. Well you have a and you have a brick and mortar. And I have a brick and mortar. And obviously when we shut down now I have extra toilet paper that right. I don't need there. Right. So, you know, I was prepared for all that. But then it's like, then, you know, my fear was the day that we got shut down was, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I just bought this business. And how am I going to survive with no money coming in? Yeah. And not only am I worried about my business, but what about all the other small businesses around here? Yeah. What about, I mean, and how many of them are going to open? or reopen or close for good. And, you know, we saw Sweet Tomatoes closed all of their locations, mm-hmm. what, 97 locations? Mm-hmm. Nordstrom's aren't op- opening half of well, their stores. Yeah, and they're not going to reopen either. Exactly. And I think that's, so there's a couple. I don't know if people want to go to buffets anymore, though, so. 
you'd be surprised. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, I think you kind of either outgrow buffets or you embrace them wholeheartedly. <laughs> <laughs> sure. My wife. Uh, when I when I got married five years ago, my wife pretty much weaned me off of buffets, but I was still a big fan every now and again. Um, uh, you know, you can't embrace them as much as an adult as I could have as a teenager and get away with it. Um, yes. But my right. wife pretty much put a veto on most all buffets, even <laughs> Vegas buffets. So they're fun. Uh, but, yeah, so one of the things that I've noticed is that people are surprised – they don't realize that some of these businesses aren't going to come back. Right. Right. They want them to be shut down. Right. They want to do the right thing. And a lot of these businesses want to do the right thing right. too. Like, like there's a real tension there. This yep. is what I'm trying to highlight. Um, I wanted to do the right thing. It's right at the very be- difficult. Right at the beginning of this thing, I was telling brides, you should be re- postponing your wedding day. Right. We don't know enough about this thing. Right. And, um, you know, now it's a little bit more of a complicated conversation, but. You know, at the beginning of this thing, I think a lot of us wanted to do the right thing to our detriment. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's only so long you can play that game. Right. You know, no matter how well prepared you are. And I'm, uh, you know, a, a large part of my business is I consider a luxury business, right? Wedding Same. photography and videography. It's a luxury business. It's you know, no one in a hunter-gatherer sense of the terms, to quote Brad Pitt from Fight Club, needs a duvet, right? So <laughs> <laughs> so you don't need a wedding video like you need chicken or You don't or, need or Pilates and personal right. training. But these like are things that need. we as we as a culture have decided these are really nice things right. and we want them, right? right? So there's only so long that businesses can stay closed before they can't reopen. And then when they reopen, they're playing catch up, right? Yes. Because those bills didn't stop. Um, you know, being a production company and being largely contractor based, you know, my model is a little bit more flux capacitor, if you will, than some other businesses where I can just decide, okay, well, there's no work, so I don't have to pay as many contractors, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you don't have a brick and mortar. Well, yeah, other yeah. than other than a, a place that I lease here, yeah. right? But I don't. I yeah, you're. But right. we're not talking like five, ten. I don't 20, have a foot traffic walk in. Right. Hey, I'd like to produce a video. Like that's not really how <laughs> things get done. Um, so, but yeah, like you know, I think there's going to be a lot of people who were very adamant about very long shutdowns, right? Who are going to come out at the end of this, and they're going to be like, hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the the place that I wanted to go to, it's, it's not, not there. there. Um, you know, and they're going to be a little bit upset at yeah. that business owner about not being there. Um, I'm sure you've seen the the COVID surcharge on some restaurants. Have you heard of this? Yes, I have yeah. heard of this. It makes a ton of sense to me. I mean, and on top of that, there's really interesting problems going on with the food supply. Uh-huh. Because I don't know if you know this, but with the CARES Act, and I might be wrong, so fact check me on this. But okay. I believe with the CARES Act, um, traditionally with unemployment, you had to check a box saying that you haven't refused any work, right? Yes. So if someone offered you work and you refused it, you can't, you can't have unemployment anymore. Yes. With the CARES Act, you can now check a box that says, I don't feel safe going back to work. Yes. And you I, can continue to collect uh, unemployment. I do not know that. Not for, I know that's not true for traditional unemployment, um, but for the pandemic unemployment assistance. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. The additional. Yeah. Yes. So that's causing a lot of, interesting problems with just uh, really basic things like that are not luxury goods. Right. Uh, <laughs> like that's why there's not a ton of meat on the shelves. Right. right. Um, Ground beef. I went th- that, which I found was interesting the other day when I was at the grocery store, there was no ground beef. 
mm-hmm. but there was chicken, there mm-hmm. was steak, there was right. pork, but no ground beef. Yeah. So there's, so like being shut down for a long time, it's good in principle. And when you live in a world where you can work from home and you can have DoorDash, it's really hard to imagine a world where work needs to get done in order to happen because so much of us as Americans, myself included, you know, we're in tertiary industries. Like I'm in a tertiary industry. I don't, you know, I'm a service. Mm-hmm. I don't make anything other than digital facsimiles of things that don't have an original, right. which is the yeah. technical thing of what a photo or video is. Um, so it, 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 it's, it can be hard to imagine that people like actually still take, uh, you know, hammer to metal and make things or, you know, raise things or, or, or kill things. But there are industries, you know, coming in the positive and negative that are doing very, very well. Like you said, like DoorDash, Amazon, Kroger, uh, Walmart, you know, all of those places mm. are really, really benefiting well, they from have, this. They have an interesting monopoly that they didn't have before. Uh-huh. Um, so like a couple other folks I've been talking to, like own furniture stores. They can't be open. Right. But American fu- American Furniture Warehouse can be. I, I did right? see that. So, so like, you have a, a place that sells antique furniture. They can't be open, even though they might have a 20,000-square-foot store mm-hmm. and, you know, no more than 10 people at a time in it. Yet, essentially, a huge place with uh, uh, that, you know. So, so essentially, like, I, I feel like this is really good for some people because, essentially, their competition has been shot in the head yes um and especially if your competition was the mom and pop uh, small business like you know target's open kohl's isn't not that kohl's is a mom and pop shop but right 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 you know um there's really interesting disparity there and and i think and i think uh i understand why and i understand that there's tensions right mm-hmm. and there's reasons why target's open and kohl's isn't but you know at the same time you kind of step back and look at the big picture and certain decisions start to look a little silly. Right. <laughs> but it's going to have a cost to us, right? Like our, our food is going to be more expensive at mm-hmm. restaurants especially. Um, and uh, and we're, I do believe that we're going to find prices of a lot of things going up. Um, I mean, from even memberships at gyms. And, yes. you know, the cost of food especially because it's not as prevalent. And... You know, gas, of course, has gone down to almost it's nothing. It actually but. would be scarier if prices went down. Yes, that's true. So if so, prices going up is going to be an inconvenience, and we're probably not going to have as many nice things anymore. Um, I'm going to preface all this with saying <laughs> any kind of prediction of the future, you should completely discount me. Like one of a big pet peeve of mine. This is, is just a conversation. This is a conversation, right? Um, so when I say going and I sound adamant, I'm super not. Like I am super not adamant. Um, like cannot You're not say. Not an economist. Con. Well, not only that, but an economist doesn't know jack, right? Like, <laughs> like, like we're dealing with quantum physics numbers here, where yeah. like no one knows how this is going to behave. Like sure. no one has introduced six trillion dollars into the economy at once. Right. Before. Ever. Ever. In the history of the world, right? And now we're just going to see what happens. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> one big experiment. Um, so yeah, it is. It is going to be uh, exciting and interesting. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about some of the other um, small businesses that you've interviewed. Uh, yeah. So uh, the first one that we piloted with was uh, a little business called a Swedish Season Eatery. Uh, and that's eatery. here in Tempe. That's here in Tempe. 
um, Todd and Melody Elkin, they're the owners. And it's essentially like a, like a really nice uh, brunch and sandwich shop. Um, eaten there a couple of times, and I've gotten to know the owners through my work with the Tempe Chamber. And uh, like, so they were, they were one of the first interviews. Um, what's interesting with them is they had 24 hours notice, which is, you know, 22 more hours than you had. 22 more hours. I had right. two, actually, yeah, I had, had two hours notice to right. close my doors. Yeah. Yes. And they had to shift their business uh, from dining to takeout. And takeout was 2% of their business, right? So now in a day, uh, they had to shift uh, 2% of their business to 100% of their business. Um you know, wow, that's that's tough. And right? for a very, very small business, I mean, we're not talking somebody that's bringing in a hundred thousand dollars a month, right? Most <laughs> businesses across the board, if you're good, are netting, which means that after you've paid all of your costs of goods and all of your expenses, you're netting ten percent. If you're good, if you're netting more than that, you're great. And if you're less than that, you're probably average. You yeah. know, like five to eight percent is probably for a most business in its first couple of years. Yeah, yeah most are, restaurants net between, I believe, it's three and nine percent. And that's with a business model that is at a certain capacity of your restaurant. Yes. Right? Um, so if you if you can't do that, it's not it's not going to be sustainable. So right now, restaurants are open, right? But now the issue is, you know, with so, with social distancing, which I think is such a baloney term it should be physical distancing yes physical distancing makes a ton of sense because social distancing makes it sound it makes like it sound talking to anybody it or. makes it sound so 1984 like <laughs> like social distancing comrade like <laughs> no it's physical distancing let's let's stay physically distant but we're socially close right yes. like it's not it's social media you know, it, anyway right but now with these tables needing to be certain distances apart it's really it's a really great idea, right? Like we're trying to do the best we can and still try and have the best of both worlds. But, you know, restaurants aren't designed to operate at that essentially 60 to 70% capacity. They're designed to operate with full capacity at certain times of the day, like dinner and lunch rushes or whenever their their highest level of service is. So if they're a breakfast place or whatever. Um, So again, like those bills and expenses don't go away and they need to make up for it somehow. Right. So if you were a business that was doing great and you were running at like a 12% net margin, well, now, now you're running at you're, now, six, you're probably at maybe. negative 12 right now. <laughs> yeah. you need to, and you want to, and you're just trying to get to zero. Right. <laughs> zero would sound really great right now. Yes. Um, and the thing is, is that comes at a, a, a pretty big expense to these business owners because yeah. most small to medium business owners are not rich people. Um, they're not. Um, it, it it's it's weird because it's a poor it's a poor rich type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like typically, small business owners will have more cash in the bank than a what I would call quote I'm using air quotes here normal a normal person. Yeah. Just because we know times might get bad and sure. we sacrificed years of our lives to save up that amount of money. Yes. Um, but we also know that we can't really touch that amount of money. So <laughs> so there is money that that some of us have you know in reserves for you know, events like this or what happened in 2008. Like another company I've interviewed is a, is a DJ company and they lived through 2008. And so they prepared for another 2008. And obviously this is a little bit, might be a little bit bigger than 2008, mm-hmm. but even then like the nest egg can only take you so far. Yeah. Um, and, and, and something that I think uh, uh, consumers out there should keep in mind is that this nest egg is a huge expense to the business owner. Because it's stuff that they like. This business owner could be 
living a really good lifestyle. But most business owners are making take home thirty to fifty thousand dollars a year, if that, yeah. for the first couple of years of their business at least, like the first five years, I'd say, unless they're going gangbusters, which is nothing. Which is you know, I mean, it's not terrible, but mm-hmm. it's certainly not like something your mom we're not making 150 200,000 like people think you are right oh you're a business owner why don't you just buy this it's only 100 bucks (laughs) right right you know so so it's just a different lifestyle altogether um but there's not as much room for flexibility as people think right um so you know that's something that i think as a society we can come together a little bit more on if we want if we want to keep the American dream alive, which I think is important. Like it's important for um, people to know that there's an opportunity to be an entrepreneur out there, so that we can better the world. And if, as an entrepreneur, you know that the government can shut you down arbitrarily, let's just call it arbitrarily. Right? I'm not saying it was the wrong decision. Yes. Um, but if somebody somewhere can just flip a switch because they decide a problem's bad enough without notifying you, without you being advocated for, without you being part of the problem why in the world would you become an entrepreneur? Like if no, if, if, Passion, your, if, if your best, <laughs> right. Like if your best efforts were, were at the whims of, uh, of one or two people. Right. Right. I mean, we all know that we could fail, right? We all know that nobody And your chances might, are actually rather high. Rather high, right? <laughs> um, Already. But that's because a lot of people decided not to hire you <laughs> or a lot of people decided not to walk into your store, right? Like yeah. that's why yeah. you should fail, right? Because the market or the people have voted with their dollars. They've mm-hmm. said, mm, no. Yes. We'd rather shop here, not here. That's how the system works. But if a ton of people want to shop with you and then <laughs> they're told they can't, but they can shop at Walmart, um, right. That is, you know, you can't shop here, but you can go to Target. You can't shop here. You can go to Home Depot. Yes. Um, you know, for the for the basic hardworking person who wants to set up a specialty store and provide good relationships and good quality service, you know, that, that can be really disheartening. Yes. And then on top of that, your bills are still, you're still accountable for your bills. So yep. as, a, as a small store you might be shut down but they can still shop at home depot um, but you still have to pay your bills and then when you open up people are expecting you to just be as competitive as you were before and that's going to be really tough so with your uh all of your interviews what is kind of the common theme that you feel you've been finding from everybody surprisingly enough everyone had a great march huh everyone had a great march i mean i guess i didn't ask you that question did you have a great march well, before bef- pre-shutdown, like were you on track for good numbers? I was on track for a very good march. Right. Yes. So, so that's what I should say. Like, I'm not saying that everyone had a good march. Obviously, no one had a good march. <laughs> well, maybe if you were selling face masks, you had a good march. But, um, but, but very few businesses, uh, very few businesses that I've talked to were like, you know, what March was already slow. You yeah. Know, everyone was like, March was like almost a record-breaking month. And then in a week it changed, right? Yeah. And that it was the same for my business. It was the same for Sweet of Season. It was the same for a tile business that I interviewed. It was the same for a DJ company. Like everyone, everyone was doing well, doing really well, right? And then in a week it changed. And some people, um, like you know, they just kind of waited it out. But then the longer it went, the more they were like, "Oh no, yeah, <laughs> this is gonna be a while." So. Yeah, I think I, I feel like I kind of waited longer. I, I waited until we were shut down by the city to actually close my doors. Um, and that was a very hard decision for me because, 
you know, I, I don't want to feel like I'm putting people at risk and I still don't want to pe- feel like I'm pe- putting people at risk. And no matter what protocols or what safety guidelines you're following, the chance is still there. The risk is still there, mm-hmm. right? But um, it, it was very hard for me, especially because people are still coming in and people are still buying packages up until that very day. Mm-hmm. That we were shut down. So right. it's like, what now what? What do I do? Right. I think this is all just so confusing and you're conflicted because right. on the one hand, you're like, do you want to go to somebody's wedding and put yourself at risk and all those people at risk? It depends on uh, who your guests are, really. I guess. Yeah. But do you want that money in your pocket because you need to feed your kids? Okay, I don't know. I mean, it's this is so so very different than anything that I have ever been through because I mean, I kind of related this to um, uh, I teach a class, I taught a class at ASU, and my last lesson for them was about perspective and putting everything into perspective because you can see. You know, I'm pretty sure that all of the businesses that you've interviewed were like, we're going to make it through this and we're being positive and I could do this, you know, done it before. But, uh, you know, what I kind of related this to was, you know, we had the crash in 2008 and we made it through it. We had 9-11 in 2001 and we made it through it. We had Columbine was when I was in high school. And that was, I mean, it was devastating. I mean, the entire world felt affected by this. And now schools are affected by this. And we made it through it. So having that perspective, one, that you can do it. We can make it through this as a people, as a nation, as a world. And two, that you can change and adapt quickly. So I think what you found with all of your businesses is that we all had to change like that today. You have one hour to switch gears or you're done. And I think that the people that did not adapt and did not change are probably the ones that are not going to make it through because you have to figure out what our new norm is after this. Yes, but you can only adapt and change so much. Sure. So like for your business, for example, right? If if we were in a city of LA situation where uh, and I might, this might be thing, something I need to be fact-checked on, but I don't think a gym is going to be able to operate in L.A. I, th- I think there's no official end date in sight, and officials are essentially setting guidelines to July, right? I, I believe so. I so, think there's still, yeah. So there's no amount of entrepreneurial agility that you can have with that situation. There really isn't. I mean, you yes, you can start and you can do online classes, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I'm fairly certain that's not tenable while having a brick and mortar. No. Right. So it only helps so much. Right. So can you as a person evolve? Sure. Right. Yeah, of course you can. Right. And I feel the same way about me. Like if if we as a society just decide we don't want to watch videos anymore and we hate weddings. Right. (laughs) So that's not going to happen. Right. But let's say let's say that we hate we hate looking at pictures. We hate watching video and we don't want to go to weddings. We just want to read angry articles on Facebook. That's all we want to do. Right. Then what do you do? If if that's. If that's what happens, I'll just I'll, I'll just close my business and I'll figure out another thing to do. But here's the problem: I think there's two there's two problems that while entrepreneurs can be agile, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, if a government is saying that you can't operate, yeah, there's really nothing you can do because then the cops will show up and then you're really out of business. Um, 
the issue is that there are going to be what I worry about. I worry that there's going to be real crafts that we lose yeah. to this. And I think that right now we're in a point in time where as a society, we can decide whether or not we want to prioritize our way of life. Do we want to have the, the same kind of world that we had before or do we want to burn a lot of it down and start over? Maybe we want to burn a lot of it down and start over. But I think especially for places that have very prolonged shutdowns, and I'm, again, I'm not, the say, I'm not saying that's the wrong decision to make. I'm, thank God, I'm sure the people in those places also thank God that I'm not the one making those decisions. Right. But, you know, there's a lot of little businesses that you don't think about that service yeah. big businesses, that service you, that those people are going to move on and get other jobs because yeah. they have to. Because they have. Because they have to. But you know those skills are going to go away, yeah. and that and the amenit- and the amenitization of your community is going to go away. You're not going to have um, the mason jar type of restaurant anymore. You're just going to have chilies. Ugh. Right. Ugh. My wife likes chilies. Okay. Chilies is fine. It's fine. But it's not very exciting, is it? <laughs> right. Um, so imagine a world where all you have, where you can only shop at Walmart, you can only eat at Chili's. Is that the world you want to have, right? Or do we want to figure out a way where we can have the best of both worlds, where we can keep the interesting, uh, personal, small businesses alive that make your life better and make your life more interesting and make your wife more worth living, at least from a consumer standpoint? (laughs) Um, Do we want to keep those gyms alive that, you know, you have a personal relationship with someone like you? Yeah. Where, you know, you have that accountability with someone like you, right? Or do we want to live in a world where the uh, we just watch YouTube videos and you know work out in our living room? Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But you know that's not. There's why people, no that human connection. There's a reason that there. people have that human connection. Yeah, right. absolutely. So if we don't change um, the narrative there, we're going to live in a world where big businesses are the only places you can do business. And that means that you're dealing with bureaucracy. Like, have you ever been frustrated with customer service before? Uh, who hasn't been right, frustrated yeah. with customer service? So imagine a world where you can't be a Karen, right? <laughs> like, like what, <laughs> Sorry to all the Karens. Yeah, but part of the great thing about, you know, about going to a small business is you can pretty much strangle the owner if you want to. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's never happened, but yeah, it's true. But, you know, it's, you're not many, you're not many, uh, you're not many levels away. Like you can get in touch with someone like me. You can get in touch with someone like you, even if you have an employee, you know, that's the customer facing person and you're over the behind the scenes person. Like you're still there able to make human decisions that right. are best for your community. But if you're in a place like Amazon, it doesn't matter if it's what's best for your community. It's going to be what's best for the shareholder. Mm-hmm. And that's the world that I'm afraid of of going into. Um, so, so if someone wanted to find your documentaries, find your interviews, where would they go? Uh, you can go to YouTube and uh, search "stories uh, from shutdown." Okay. And Facebook.com/slash/stories from shutdown. Perfect. And if someone wanted to book you for business or anything else, how would they contact you? Uh, our website's just lee.media. So yeah. there's no dot .com, it's just dot .media. That's so easy. Now I have, um, I imagine that this is the end of the yeah. podcast. Yeah, we're, we're winding down. So <laughs> I'll, I'll ask you a question that I'm curious about that you might want to edit in okay. uh, to the middle of our conversation. Sure. So I'm curious for you, uh, what's your personal fitness routine been like during this uh, shutdown? Uh, <laughs> have you have you fallen off? Have you fallen off? Has the great God have no. the, has the great Gabby Mazar fallen off the wagon? If anything, oh. I have been working out more because I'm teaching the online classes. So like <laughs> my exercise has gone. I don't do as much um, like on the reformer 
like the Pilates reformer, but we've been like, like teaching mat Pilates, yoga, fitness circuits, boot camps. So, I mean, that has exponentially gone up. I mean, there was a few like weeks there. It was like, I'm not sure I could do this anymore because I was working out so much by teaching all of these classes every single day. I mean, it's like two, three, four hours a day. So it's, so you're in better shape, you think, because oh thing. yeah, probably. I mean, I've been eating worse and drinking more, but the <laughs> exercise has been on point. <laughs> so yeah, I, like I said, I I swung either way. Like at the beginning, like I wasn't eating a lot, I wasn't drinking a lot, and now that I'm on kind of the other end of this thing, if you will, uh, it's I'm yeah, you know, I'll, I'm I'm in the eating more, drinking more camp. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, I'm getting back. It kind of was like it's like a wave. You go from like not doing anything to doing everything to not doing anything to <laughs> yeah so but. when so like uh, i'm imagining that you worked out a lot in the brick and mortar location while yeah you so when when you were there alone was it like nice the first two days like was it kind of like a no one's here the whole place is to myself like did you kind of have like a oh no i was in tears <laughs> well you know but like like oh. you know it's still kind of you have the, like how how many how often is your business really that empty for you to like kind of enjoy it like the big table at the first Batman movie? <laughs> well, actually, because we're not open in the afternoons on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so I always kind of have. Oh, okay. Days. So you always have like the. There's always. This is my kingdom moment, yes, right? Okay. Yes. <laughs> and I'm such a people person that not being around people is really hard for me. Like I, I like having that interaction. I like being able to see my clients and be around them and, and like have those people to talk to and to laugh with and, and being empty was like sad. What's it been like being open? Can you describe that for me? Yeah. It's uh, I love that you're like, you always turn this, you've been turning this interview back on me, but, um, I, it's, it's weird because we're all wearing masks. We have this extreme protocol now, you know, we're wiping down machines before and after. Everybody has to go in through separate doorways because we have three separate rooms. So each room you enter through a different doorway. So we're not crossing Mm. people. We're limiting classes to five. And uh, everybody wears masks from the moment they walk in the door till the moment they leave. We ha- everybody washes their hands before and after class, and uh, you know some people are even wearing gloves. Like they put them on before they walk in, walk in, and throw them away when they leave. So, it's just it's nice to have people back and to see people's smiling faces. But at the same time, it's like it's just different, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be that way for a long, long time. You think so? Yeah. How can you, is it safe to work out with a mask on? Like, I would imagine that it restricts your breathing. I mean, not, it doesn't, not really. It's, some of them, like the N95 masks, like I a think good those mask are like the super, your, yeah. yeah, those would be difficult because the, it's harder to right, because breathe through it. Yeah, viral particles are very small. But um, just the regular like cloth masks. Yeah. Or like the blue so you're Which just ones? looking to prevent like particles for and the spit most part and things for like that. For the most part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even if, if everybody's wearing it and it only helps say it's 5%, yeah. that's 5% less chance. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and we're far enough apart and in a big enough room that, you know, that's just, it's just what we're doing and how, how I feel. Are you finding a positive energy in there with the people who are there? Like yes. are they, they're yeah. like happy. They're probably happy to be back too, right? Yeah. Everybody's really happy to be back. Yeah. They're really, really happy. Yeah. That's what I'm seeing uh, out and about is that the people who are out, first off, the people who are out right now, 
they're definitely the jump off the deep end of the pool type of people. <laughs> These are not people who dip their toe in. These are people who like are like, I'm Go gonna jump force. in, woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a lot of clientele in the liquor industry. Uh-huh. Uh, so you can imagine that those people are not shallow end people. They're definitely dive off the deep end type yeah. of people. So it's very interesting to see people just um, very excited to get back to their fields, whatever that field might be of, of interest or, or consumerism or, or business. Um, so it's really good to hear that that things are coming back. Yeah, I think for my clientele specifically, um, they know that the place is clean and well mm-hmm. taken care of. And, and it is. I mean, I, I was it was very clean when I was and there. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of a crazy person when it comes to that kind of stuff anyways. You gotta but, be. Yeah. Um, but, you know, everybody knows most of the people that go in there and you know it's it's a small community we're not talking you know almost all the faces that walk through that door right so it's a very comfortable feeling when you come to my place as opposed to going to maybe an la fitness where you don't know anybody right right so i i think that 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 is what comforts people a lot more to coming back like my clientele specifically and i think um this is speculation here going back into speculation town I think that people are, I think that's going to be like the next phase. It's not like a, it's not like a official phase that anyone has, but I think people are going to be, people are going to be comfortable being around people that they know. Yes. Um, that's going to be the first thing. Like, I absolutely no, agree. I don't think anybody, I think there's a few people who want to jump into concerts, but barring those folks, um, I, I think most people are going to be like, oh, okay, you're in my bubble now. Yeah. You know, like, oh. You know, we go to Pilates class together. Yeah. So you're in my bubble now. I know you. You know, you're not. I know that you're a safe person. I know that, you know, you might forget to wash your hands once in a while, but I know that you're a conscientious person. And I make it very much a point to to show clients, like, tell them I'm going to wash my hands now. Like, I, I know that seems really silly, but, like, you say here, I'm going to wash my hands. <laughs> I'm, listen, I'm all for it. Like, I carry a, I carry a mask around with me at, here at Max 6 at our offices. Um, I don't wear one at my desk because there's just – it's just me. Yeah. Um, but walking around the building, you know, we just kind of all have them around their necks. And yeah. we put them on if there's people, you know, going to be – in close quarters with them. And there hasn't been much, there hasn't been many people here. Uh, there's been a good amount of people here. That have come back. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, and for those of you listening, it's a, a co-working space mm, yep. that we're talking about. So, in case you didn't know, we're yeah. just babbling now. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, I, I do feel that some of these things are a little ritualistic, but I'm fine with it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> Just because I think people are dirty. Like we've always been dirty. Like we, we people all, are dirty. We've always we've always been gross. Like, yeah, it's very true. <laughs> so we're just trying. Now we're aware of it. Now we're kind of like, oh, I guess washing your hands did make a difference. Like I, no joke, no joke. I always knew washing my hands was good, but not until this pandemic did I actually know how soap got rid of viral particles. Oh God. Before that, okay. I had a vague awareness, but I didn't actually know that it destroyed the lipid coating of the virus. I thought it just kind of like collected the virus and washed most of them off, but you'd still have some on anyway, you know, because I don't know, you were before this. Well, like, I, I mean, I was in food service for almost 20 years. So yeah. for me, like that, oh, duh. I mean, I, for me, it was just common sense, like washing my hands. Is, oh, was, I don't get me wrong. Like, I washed my hands, but I had no idea how it worked. Yeah. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't that disgusting. I bet most people don't. But, but yeah. Anyway. Well, okay. So if, again, one more time, YouTube. Oh. 
yeah. Uh, Stories, Stories from, Shutdown from Shutdown is the channel on okay. YouTube. Um, so look for the channel. Um, and then on Facebook.com slash Stories from Shutdown. And then the company is Lee.media. No.com, just dot .media. .media. What up? It's <laughs> my last name, L-E-E. So. Perfect. All right. And I'll have that in my show notes, too, so that um, people can reach out to you or watch your videos or watch my video or whatever. And, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully things will start to get better. This is my, like, sixth podcast I, on this. I so. think they are getting better. Yeah. I really think they are. Yeah. I think I think there's a lot of good news popping up all over the place. Um, and uh, I think people are being nice to other people. I hope so. Uh, despite how it looks on Facebook. Yeah. Because I think Facebook just thrives off of negativity. Yeah, I agree. But I think but. when you're out there with people, I think they're pretty cool. Yeah, me too. Well, thank you so much for sharing uh, your story and some of the stories from other people. And we will be watching your videos and all of that. And yeah, I guess that's, that's all we have for today. So Groovy. Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you all next week. Due to COVID-19, Gabrielle and many others have had to close their businesses. Remember to support local and help businesses in need during this time by buying gift cards, ordering takeout from your favorite restaurants, or joining online fitness classes like those at Pilates Tempe. You can find out more information for online classes and training at PilatesTempe.com. We thank you for your support and hope you stay healthy and safe. Thank you. This has been the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People with Gabrielle Mazar.